Which Christmas carol is your favorite? Which one is the one that you'd like to sing more? You like to hear sing, her hear, you know, sung more. Which which Christmas carol are you most delighted when you hear? I have a friend who graduated from Blue Mountain College several years ago. And during this season of the year, her name is sung to her regularly. Her name is Joy. And people think they're the first person who ever has come up to her and starts singing Joy to the World. It's like when someone comes to me and makes the joke, Permenter and Cheese. They think they are the first person... They think I've never heard it. They think I, I have come up with something incredibly clever. You like permitter cheese? Pow. Some people have favorite Christmas carols and some that they don't like as much. The third verse of Hark the Herald Angels Sing has a line which has its roots in the first chapter of the Gospel of John. Light and life to all he brings. And that theme is what I want us to look at today, taken from the first chapter of the Gospel of John. John begins his record of Jesus' account differently from the way that every other Gospel writer did. Every other Gospel writer began with historical events. Matthew began with a genealogy of Jesus. Mark began with the ministry of Jesus, with a little reference to John the Baptist. Luke began with the birth of John the Baptist. John did not include any of those details. He began with a theological thought. And so in John chapter 1, beginning in the first verse... The Bible says, in the beginning was the Word. Now, I want to say here, in the beginning is an accommodation to human minds. There is no beginning with God. God is eternal, and so every day is the same to God. There's not a yesterday with God. There's not a tomorrow with God. Everything is always now with God. And so when we think about, well, God at his beginning, no, that, that's only for our references. God's always been, he always will be. And so there isn't a beginning, there isn't an end with God. But for our understanding, John wrote, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through him, and apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was created through him, and yet the world did not recognize him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name, who were born not of natural descent or of the will of flesh or of the will of man, but God. These verses are, as I said, a theological introduction to the ministry of Jesus. And I want us to look at the idea that Jesus brings light and life. When we think about light, 
Light is different from darkness in a couple of ways. One, with darkness, we think about fear. We're more afraid of things in the dark than we are in the light. For example, have you ever been awakened in the middle of the night by the ice dumping out of your ice maker into the freezer? And you all, who was that? And you elbow your husband or some of you cowards elbow your wives and say, hey, get up and go check that. See, see, see who, somebody's in the house. Now, if the ice were to drop in the middle of the day, you, you would not be startled. You would not be frightened. You wouldn't have to go look around. But something about the darkness causes us to experience fear. And Jesus is the light who came to dispel fear. I've not gone through Scripture and counted one by one by one, but perhaps you have heard the statistic that there are 365 references in the Bible to do not be afraid, fear not, be afraid no longer, because God's people are not people of fear. Now, what God did not promise is that we would not go through fearful circumstances. God did not say, I'm going to spare your life from anything that might be a source of anxiety, something that might stir up some feelings of fear. God never, ever promised that we would not go through bad news, uncertain days, bad medical diagnoses, family troubles. He just said, in fearful circumstances, you do not have to fear. One of my favorite verses from all of Scripture is Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. If you know the context of the book of Isaiah, Isaiah, or at that time, the Jewish people were in awful circumstances. They were, they were in, in a position where they constantly were praying, God, please, please get us out of this. Please change our circumstances. And God said, I'm not changing them. I'm changing you. And I'm saying to you that despite the fearfulness of what may seem to be going on around you, you do not have to be afraid. Jesus is the light. When we think about darkness and light, darkness is also a place of confusion. We aren't able to see pathways as clearly in the darkness as we are in the light. Things, things that would not at all trip us up in the light cause us to, to get unbalanced when we walk through them in the darkness. I've told you before about an experience I had at a summer camp a couple of summers ago. We left for the evening service, or, or actually left for the evening meal, and the sun was still up at that particular time, and so I had just left the curtains of the window uh, uh, open, 
and went down to eat. Then we had our evening meal um, uh, uh, or the evening service. And then the kids had about 45 minutes of small groups in between the service and the late night activity. And during that time, I didn't have any responsibility. And so I was going to go back to my room and watch Mississippi State in the College World Series. The only issue was when I left the room, sun was streaming in through the window, so it was completely light. I didn't think to leave a, a, the television on or the bathroom light or lamp by the bed. And so when I raced back into the room, it was completely dark. And so I slid the key into the room, went running in to try to turn on. Bam! I know why God created our toes. So that we can find furniture in the darkness. And I don't know what your reaction, when I went, went, bam, I assure you my thoughts were only godly. Amazing. Now, I don't know what you say when you run into the furniture, but godliness reigns up here. Had I thought to leave on a lamp, the television, a bathroom light, I would have known the bed is right there. And I wouldn't have run into it. The darkness brings confusion. Darkness makes us shrug our shoulders and say, we really don't know. But not the light. The light provides clarity. The light says you can go this direction. You don't have to stumble. You don't have to take a tumble or a fall. Here's the light. Do you remember in the Old Testament, Psalm 119, verse 105, said, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God promises through Jesus to guide us as we make our way through the places he wants us to go. Now, here's what God did not promise. God did not promise that he will show us the full journey so that we know the end when we get started at the beginning. Now, today we have really, really bright lights. Some of you have some headlights on your trucks that shine all the way to Memphis and when you're when the rest of us are riding around we can't see we think your lights are on bright now I am not a light flasher you know I I just squint my eyes but I have seen people you know flash because some truck is up there and then it's like the Hollywood sign you know even brighter I'll show you it's when people have to get cataract surgery Bible lanterns, Bible time lanterns were not that way. If you, if you use a lantern, if, you, if, if the word is a light into my feet and a light, a lamp into my feet and a light into my path, you know that the light from the lantern does not shine very far. Only enough for you to see the next step. You may not be the way that I am, but I am a planner. I am organized. I like things set out. I, I don't like 
chaos. I don't like things done halfway. I don't like minimum effort. I like things to be laid out properly. And God regularly frustrates me <laughs> because he will not tell me where we're going. All he tells me is that's the next step. God doesn't ever promise that he will paint the full picture for us. He doesn't ever tell us, here are all the detours along the way. Here's the destination. All he says is keep walking. And because Jesus is the light, we can. None of us ever has to take a step into the darkness. There is such a thing that people talk about as blind faith, not in the Bible. God always provides enough light for us to take the next step. And John wrote here, when Jesus came into the world, he was the light. So that the people who were stumbling in the darkness no longer had to be afraid and no longer had to be confused. Then John said, Jesus also was the life. I want to move on through this part quickly. In the Bible, life does not refer to breathing and heart beating and blood flowing through our lungs and organs responding. Life isn't existence in God's Word. Life is fullness. Life is abundance. Jesus in John chapter 10 said, I came to this earth so that those who will know me may have life at its very fullest. The very first miracle that Jesus performed is awkward for us Baptists. Jesus turned water into wine. <laughs> Scripture uses wine as a symbol of joy, as a symbol of celebration. And the significance of the miracle cannot be missed. That Jesus said, I have come to take what is bland and ordinary and make it full of celebration. During the Christmas season, we can focus on the life that God gives us. I want you to understand something. For those of us who know Jesus Christ as Savior, every single day that we live on this planet is different for us than it is for people who do not know Jesus Christ. We have life, fullness overflowing Jesus came to bring light and life. But there's one thing about that hymn that I want to change. Hark the herald angels sing. And then the, the third verse, light and life to all he brings. But that isn't exactly true. Light and life to all he offers. Not everybody receives it. It's right there in front of them. Jesus offers light. He offers life. 
Some people choose to reject him. They did back in Jesus' day. If you look with me, let's read together beginning in verse 10. He was in the world, and the world was created through him. And yet the world did not recognize him. They did not understand this man is bringing us light and life. And then look in verse 11. It's the saddest verse of all of Christmas to me. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. Jesus came into this world to offer light and life. He demonstrated to people through his miracles, through his teaching, I am legitimate, I am genuine, I am authentic, I really am the Messiah. And some people chose to say, but not for me. I counted on my computer this past week. In the year 2022, so far... I have preached somewhere to someone 276 times. Every single one of those 276 times, some people have said yes to Jesus. And as a result, what John chapter 1 verse 12 says is that, but to all who did receive him, not everybody did, But to all who did receive him, he gave the right to be be children of God to to those who believe in his name. Life and light come to those people who at some point recognize, I need what Jesus can offer, and I receive it. And every one of those 276 times that I have spoken this year, someone has heard the voice of Jesus. I'm not saying that every person, that every one of those times, someone has received Christ as Savior for the first time. What I'm saying is that someone heard what Jesus was saying specifically from that Bible passage and said, I will obey that. I will do it. And into their lives came greater light and greater life. But every one of those 276 times, what is tragic to me is that I know that some people have walked out of the building saying, no, I don't want that. I would rather live my own way. I would rather settle for what I can generate and manufacture on my own instead of receiving the fullness of Jesus Christ. That is... I don't know of anything more heartbreaking for someone in ministry. To know that light and life are offered. And some people choose to say, I would rather have darkness and emptiness. Because that's what I know. Not one person in this room has to leave that way today. Any one at a fork in the road, wrestling with whether or not to surrender his or her life completely and fully to Jesus, can say yes to light and life today. And we're going to give you a chance to do that right now. Musicians are going to come and they're going to lead us in a closing song of commitment. John chapter 1 opens with Jesus' entry into the world But as these 21 chapters continue, 
John told us that Jesus' mission was to spread out his arms and die on a cross so that any man, woman, college student, teenager, boy, or girl can turn from his sins and repentance and place his faith in Jesus and as a result be given light and life. And maybe someone here today needs to take a very first step of faith to say, I want to belong to Jesus. Maybe there are people who are here and you are confident about your own relationship with the Lord, but you know it is not what it should be. You have wandered from him and it is time to come home. I'll be here to talk with anyone, to pray with anyone who senses God's spirit speaking to them. Philip, what are we going to sing today? The little town of Bethlehem, hymn number 155. Let's stand together as we sing, please.